I could go on the biggest fucking rant about Deadpool fans and like they're the, they're the most average fuckers who think they're smart. It's the worst. It's like it's like the Big Bang Theory's impression of what smart people are like. Welcome to We Love Dick, Phil Kiddick Podcast. I'm your host, Wah, here with my good friend Foot. Say hi, Foot. Hello. This week, because we are committed to week to semi more frequent podcasts. This Is there like a a good word for word for two weeks? You know this like, this bi week, mm-hmm. this half month. We're reading what is this one called again? The Impossible Planet. The Impossible Planet. It was episode two, I think, in Electric Dreams. It was a good one. Yeah, uh, it was also really old. This one's like fifty three. Yes, I think it like feels older too like it feels much it feels like a like a younger pkd to me yeah um i mean just because there's space travel and it's like you know one very twilight zoney idea just like oh my god what if and it does it doesn't seem to have the bitterness of age like he doesn't Mm -hmm. seem very angry at women or the system like he's like the jade and there's no like paranoia yeah i don't know he, this one, he just seemed a lot more innocent to me as well, an author. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of a morality tale. Kind of. It has people that are definitely dickheads. Yeah, that's for sure. Want me to, want me to summarize it? Yeah, please do. Uh, Impossible Planet, or The Impossible Planet. Um, it's about an old woman who shows up. Uh, I guess these two... I, mean, I, th- I, th- I think you need to like clarify how old we're talking. She's not just an old woman. 350 years old. Yeah, she's like... An ancient lady one of the oldest sustained so yeah uh, through tech people can live a super long time supposedly this woman is 350 that's, that's important to, to her motivations for all, all this too yeah anyways like these guys are you know they're transportation dudes they fly people to different planets um and she shows up she's old she has this like robotic butler with her who's like a what is the word robant a robant a Robant. We gotta record some commercials for Robants. <laughs> you know? Financing available. Anyway, so, um, yeah, she's got her Robant with her. Uh, the, the the robot is like, she wants to go to Earth. Can you take her to Earth? And Cap- there's two people who are like work at this transport place. There's Norton, who's like the second in command, who has some sort of soul. And then there's Andrews, who's just a money-grubbing piece of shit. And he's the captain, <laughs> right? And so, and, and and there's like, Earth doesn't exist. It's a fucking myth. Like, there was never any Earth. Life arose from all the planets, all at the same time. It's not just life, but it's like human life arose simultaneously. Yeah, I really like that idea, that it's just a whole bunch of solar systems full of human beings, and no one really knows how come we're all everywhere. Anyways, the idea that we all evolved through on one planet and then spread outwards from there is, is antiquated and foolish, and Earth is supposedly doesn't exist. Is- uh What's up? Is that how Star Wars is supposed to be? Kinda. I mean, I think I always like that way of getting around the whole sci-fi. Like, what would other alien races look like if you don't want to pay money for makeup and you don't want to deal with it? You're just like, they're all just people. <laughs> Fuck you. Through magic. <laughs> I know it, it could be like a, a master. Wow, that's a really weird. I was I was about to say a master race that created the other alien races through genetic engineering, but master <laughs> races. Probably not. It's <laughs> a loaded term. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> super intelligent race. <laughs> master, master race is a tough hang. <laughs> so she wants to go to Earth. Dude's like, doesn't exist. It's a myth. 
and the butler's like, yeah, well, this bitch is sitting on two, what was it, two kilo positive, which she wants to pay you for this job. We never really understand what two kilo positive is, but it is apparently a fuck ton of cash, because the dude is just like, all right, we can find, we, uh, we can find Earth, we'll, uh, we'll make it work, uh, no problem at all, right this way. What did you think two kilo positive was? Like, is it a currency, or is it like a kilo's worth of something? Oh, I thought it would just be like money. Yeah, but like... Because it says she's like saving it for years, right? So do you think two kilo is like 2,000 of something? I like to think of it in weight. It's like she has oh. the like this the, that is some sort of currency, like a, a commodity is measured in weight. And the fact that it's positive oh, yeah. as opposed to negative is like an antimatter yeah. versus it matter. It could be... Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It could be like some sort of like like space fuel that's worth a lot or something like that or like in space they have no like i mean i guess some sci-fis they're like oh it's always credits but like a lot of the the good ones they just like deal in like raw materials only pretty much i want to read i mean i know i'm just summarizing but like what really quickly what does he say about it Hmm. she has them with her it's positives like the positive is a thing oh yeah and it's only one not two huh a thousand positives. For me, it says plural a ki- positives. A kilo positives. Yeah, that's what I have too. We have a kilo positives. It's weird because it uses the the singular article. A kilo positives. Oh, and then he says a thousand positives. She will give you the she will give you the kilo positives at once. She has them with her, so it's clearly small. It can be carried. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe she might have like. In the I ship. guess she doesn't have a ship because that's what she needs them for. They're like. She came from somewhere else. Maybe her ship's tiny. She, she, mm. But, like, why does she need a big ship? Why does she need these guys? You know, because it's like they're like deep space motherfuckers. Like, they can take her somewhere far away. Uh, okay, so she just has, like, like, a little schooner or something. Yeah, she has, like, a gravimetric drive, and they have, like, a, you know, dark energy <laughs> mega drive. What is that a reference to? <laughs> I don't know. Sci-fi shit. <laughs> I mean, like, her subspace field is, like, you know, it, it's not stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like, space travel seems to be, like, kind of strenuous in this universe, too. They're like, can she even travel? She's so fucking old. Yeah. I, yeah, I assumed it was, like, the rigors of, I don't know, jumping into hyperspace or something like that on the body. Yeah, the undergoing all those Gs. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. So, just, like, he's, he, he agrees to take her to Earth, but Earth doesn't exist. He looks up, like, on the star chart something that seems like Earth. It's the third planet in a nine planet system which is kind of dated and interesting uh and it has one moon and he's just like whatever good enough we're taking her there they go there it's a horrible piece of shit place that's just like scummy and nasty and she and they convince her that like this is the place even though it's clearly like not the place and it's very depressing and she doesn't want to believe that it's earth but also has no choice i think at this point but to believe that it's earth and eventually they take her on a tour of the planet and uh, she dies from sheer sadness, I think, or maybe it was actually from some, to- <laughs> some toxins in the atmosphere. Well, the whole time she is supposed to be dying. Mm. That's why she wants to go to Earth. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so I mean, maybe it just yeah. kicked him. Maybe the, the strain eventually was too much for her. She dies, the robot carries yeah. her into the disgusting sludge ocean for some reason, and then the dudes yeah. go home. There's one last piece, the gut punch, man. Oh, God. I, I hate the gut punch. It's such a better story without this gut punch. At the end, the dude's like, yeah, well, 
You know, fucking A, ripped this old lady off of her money, didn't take her to Earth, and then he finds a coin on the ground, and he's like, what's this old piece of metal? And it's like, E player was Unum, fucking America, this shit's from Earth. Co- he finds a quarter, he finds a quarter on the ground. Yeah, and it's just like, oh. It's like, it's like a total Planet of the Apes moment. <laughs> but he doesn't even know it. He doesn't even know, he doesn't even know that these damn dirty apes took over Earth or whatever. Yeah, he like, can't even read the language. He just... He's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, fucking worthless junk. And he throws it away. Yeah. This was like, um, uh, Raymond Carver meets PKD. This is like what we talk about when we talk about Earth. It's just so... <laughs> Do you ever read that, those stories? Yeah, I have them in my apartment right now. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> so bleak and awful. And they're just doing this awful thing. And there really isn't any sort of like moral there, there's not like a lot of wavering on the part of the characters one of them just like thinks it's a bad idea but clearly isn't going to do shit about it the other one is just an asshole and just well, he, goes through he quits it. his job at the end yeah but he's not stopping anyway he's not re- he's not reporting the douchebag do you feel the resemblance yeah in the sadness well it's sad and it's just like it's so brutal that she's like we have it's just like he just goes he just goes about um so matter-of-factly about like ripping this lady off and it's awful and depressing and it's over and there's like it never really tries to draw out tension like whether he is or isn't going to go through with it like this the 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 version on electric dreams on the show it's like they're trying to make it like are they going to tell her are they not going to tell her they introduce all these elements to create some sort of tension whereas this is just flat and and there's like this like weird fucking okay we should talk about all the weirdness of the impossible planet episode because it's actually like in many ways like more interesting than the story i love this story though honestly i know no it is like good but it like there's i don't feel like there's like i mean there is shit to talk about but i find the episode fucking fascinating yeah well i mean shit let's dive in man why okay well okay so the first thing that's weird is like we're not we the story is told from like the captain the greedy captain's perspective but in the show, it's told from, like, the moral character, Norman. Norton. Like, the, the right, yeah, whatever his fucking name is, the <laughs> handsome one in the show. But he's, um, he's like, the second-in-command or whatever. There's only two people, so he's, like, fucking who's the, guy who's the only the, other dude that works there. Who's the handsome guy who's in the new Jurassic Park movies? Uh, Chris Pratt. He looks just like Chris Pratt. He looks exactly like Chris Pratt. He's, like, an Irish Chris Pratt. The thing that's funny about this, though, is, like, not only does he look exactly like Chris Pratt, but he also apparently looks exactly like some ancestor of the old lady. Yeah. Which is fucking weird. Okay, so he, like... Okay, so in the thing, it, like... She keeps having, like, flashbacks, and maybe, like... Is there, like, a photo of her her ancient Earth ancestor? We see it about two-thirds of the way through the episode. Okay, so at some point, it's, like, revealed that either, like, she's imagining, or he actually does look exactly like some Earth ancestor of hers from, like, I don't know, the South or something? Yeah. And... And... Carolina. Yeah, it's Carolina, and they're and he's they keep like flashing to these like scenes of this like river, like some some day like her one of her ancestors had like a picnic on the river, and so we're kind of presuming she has like I don't know maybe it's, like some sort of genetic memories of these things or some shit is going on. He's having dreams mm-hmm. of it, I think. He also has a bitchy girlfriend, who's like pressuring him to get money, which like even though it's not in this story, it felt very PKD in the way she's like being a bitch. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. I was just like, even though not this one, like they really get at the heart of PKD with this 
female character who exists only to be a money-grubbing bitch and to make the male character do things he doesn't want to do. And it was like, that was the most ham-fisted writing in the entire episode. It was I just know. like, in the beginning, it's like, the lady's like, take me to the thing, and the dude's like, no, we're not going to lie to this old woman that's bad. And then immediately after, like two seconds after the old woman leaves the office, he gets a call from his wife being like, you didn't get the job, but you were trying to get a promotion. And like, give me more money. I hate you. I love you. Like, it's awful. Yeah, she sucks. So... Mm -hmm. But then what's weird is then he, like, starts to have this, like, weird, like, I think there's, like, a, like, a psychosexual thing going on between, like, him and the old lady. Yes. And it's, like, maybe it's, like, because I think, like, she's kind of some sort of, like, reincarnation of her, like, great-great-great-great-great-great a million times great-grandmother, and he is some unrelated but still related reincarnation of her great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. I don't think it's great, great, great. I think it's just I think it's just her grandmother because she talks about oh. her grandmother telling her the story. It's just oh. the fact that like she's three hundred fifty, and oh, I think okay. that so even though the grandmother a, this looks, isn't as far flung. Yeah, and I think maybe that like that the Earth that her grandmother is rec rem remembering is actually like a futuristic Earth. It's just that her grandmother oh. was from the bo was from the boonies somewhere, so it wasn't actually like her grandmother oh, wasn't okay. alive in like nineteen twenty. It was probably like two thousand ninety okay. or something. Okay, so, but then, like, somehow they're, like, having this, like, weird, like, spiritual romance through, like, the sexy picnic day that her grandparents had? Yeah. Am I, am I misinterpreting what's going on here? No, there's definitely something sexual going on between uh, them. Okay. Especially, especially given the scene about, like, um, her having the dress off and him yeah. buttoning the dress back up. So, Because okay. the, the kiss, I mean, she, she kisses him once. She's inviting yeah. him to the room... They're talking about his relationship with this bitch, money-grubbing woman. And, uh, you know, nothing there is explicitly romantic. Um, she kisses him once, but it could be interpreted as kind of an old lady. like. Yeah, old ladies will kiss you on the lips, even though, you know, they're old ladies. It's true. But they really cast, like, the hot old lady, though. <laughs> I mean, like, not like, she's not, like, fucking banging hot. No, it's like, you know, no, but it's, I, she's yeah. very well cast in the role. She's she's a sexy old lady. She's she's clearly like what once was like a very beautiful woman. How's that? Yeah, but she's to still, to, but it's still kind of statuesque in her old ladiness. But it's also really nice that like you know, there's a lot of ways you could have done that. You could have also cast somebody like Jane Seymour or whatever who is like plastic surgery to an extreme and like still looks young but plastic. Yeah, no, this lady um, looks old. She's like authentically old but also still beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And so then, like, in, the sh in that one, they, like, kind of, like, fake the planet. They, like, try to, like... So they're thinking that, like, it's, like, space tourism, but they never take the people down to the planet. And so they, like, they have, like, a video display to, like, make people see, like, the coolest shit in space ever. It's all just, like, CGI fake bullshit, though. Which I thought was, like, funny when you're watching, like, a science fiction show. Oh, yeah, like, it was very meta. Yeah. So... Okay, so that was interesting. But then they go down to the... She's like, no, I need to get down there. And so they're like, okay. So they take her down there, and, like, our good guy character goes down with her. And then, like, they're, like, running out of oxygen or whatever in their spacesuits, and they just, like... He, like, carries her off into the distance. Yeah. And they presumably, like, die together. Yeah. So that was pretty weird. But then it, like, cuts abruptly to, like, the the picnic. Yeah, I think, I think it's pretty clear that they died. Um, yeah. I think that there was, like, willful suicide on his part. And... You know, I don't. I don't think there was any sort of like spiritual magic happening there. No. 
I think he just imagined it and she imagined it with him. And, yeah. I, and I think um, there's something, it feels like that he's born in the wrong century, that his, like, his moral qualms are antiquated. And mm. it's just like, it doesn't seem like there's much for him out in the world if he breaks up with this girl. Uh, and I just, only because of, like, how shitty everyone looked in the opening scene when they're all looking at the nebula, everyone's just, like, pretentious. Well, and they're all, like, looking at a fake thing and thinking it's real. Yeah. The whole episode is about, like, deception and telling yourself lies and telling other people lies and, like, how much is too much or if there is too much, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, you know, hey, we're just taking this nebula that's that's real, but we're just making the colors more saturated, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's, like, that's cool, right? But then, like, telling this lady that this Earth that she, that she wants to, like, on her last dying trip go to when it's not really Earth, like, that's not okay. Like, why is one okay and not the other? Like, really, though, like, what is the difference between those two things? Like, one of them feels ickier than the other, but, like, why? There's a lot of reasons, you could say. I, I think, like, it's her, it's a personal journey for her, as opposed to something that she, like, paid for. If they weren't advertising Earth trips, you know? It's like, yeah. this is something that she wants that's important for her, like, her growth, and they're, like, lying to her about it. Whereas I, I would assume that anybody who signs up for those, like, space trips... They have to kind of know, right? That it's fake? Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. I think, like, oh man, that's a toughie. I'm only assuming that it is because it feels like it's some uh, commentary on, like, our watching science fiction movies with lots of, like, VFX and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and there's, like, this moral degradation aspect. Or what's the word I'm looking for? You know how people talk about Rome and how everyone, like, became, like, decadent? There's a decadence to like the people that we see in the in the observation lounge. I was thinking of it more in terms of like whenever you like look at like I don't know like touristy photos or whatever on like any social media platform at this point like it's all like filtered. Like it's literally doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And you're like But we know that it is. But also it's like not I guess I guess we do but we also like kind of I I feel like there is like this like creation of things that like yeah like we know it's fake but also like sometimes you're like you want it to be real or something it's like fake food photos Mm -hmm. it's like it still looks pretty delicious and like there is sort of like this like reality where that thing does exist it's just like i don't know i i feel like there is some sort of deception that i can't say i mean i do think that there's a weird we have a weird thing with like knowing that it's fake but also pretending that it's real uh, and, I, yeah, and that's what I felt like that whole scene was about with them on in the observation lounge. It's like everyone there knows it's fake, but they're also pretending that it's real. And it's like they don't. They might even say that it's not fake, but they know it or suspect it. I don't know. All right. Do you, do you have Do you have any any pressing questions about the story? We can go back to it. Uh, yeah, want. I've got a few a few questions. I don't know. Okay. I I think that the that the episode turns this into this story of will they won't they rip off this old lady and that makes it kind of like about this moral choice is in stark contrast to the to the story itself where the choice is sort of like just de facto it's like of course we're gonna rip off this old lady for two two kilo positive it's just like at no point do you think that it's not gonna happen um and i don't know i was gonna ask you like do you do you have a price? Like, would you first of all would you do this? I I mean, like, what I, is what's the harm? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I kind of I kind of am just like, well, 
who cares? Like, she's an old lady. She's she wants to have an experience. I kind of even think like maybe like maybe I could like trick myself into thinking it was like not so bad, by being like yeah, like when he's like we're artists, man. Like we're weaving her a fucking story. It's gonna be exactly. great for her. And the dude's like yeah, con artists. <laughs> yeah, that was in the that was in the show for sure. But I kind of like maybe that dude's right. Like if she enjoys it and like she she gets maybe she doesn't get to go to Earth, but maybe she gets the spiritual journey she wants to go on. Like maybe that's not so bad. I, I think that you would like. You would be Norton, but you wouldn't be Andrews. So, or maybe. I don't even know if you'd be Norton, but it's like... I would go along with it, probably. You'd go along with it, but, like, there's a difference between going along with someone's plan and, like, being the one who's like, oh, she wants to give us all this money. I can... I'll find you a fake Earth right now. (laughs) Like, no problem. (laughs) Comes up with the whole thing. Yeah, no, I probably... I probably would just be a a bystander. There's some things that make this seem, like, really bad, like... There are a lot of planets that fit the description of like the myth of Earth that they find, yeah. and he's just like, "Let's just go to the closest one." <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even choose the one that's like most convincing. He's like, "Fucking good enough." She's this old bat. Three hundred and fifty. Who gives a shit? So you think you would do it? You would go along with it at least. I would go along with it. Yeah, and I would, and I would morally justify it for the other guy probably. I feel like I've had this conversation a lot with people. Um, over the past few years about like what's your price oh god yeah I've heard I've heard, I've heard many people unabashedly be like oh yeah like for the right price like I'll fucking do anything and yeah. it's like really like will you humiliate and debase yourself for someone else's amusement if they give you like five million dollars ten million dollars and the answer is like always like well I mean yeah I mean if, and often it's like well not for 50 million but for 200 million and I'm just like what <laughs> <laughs> What the hell's the difference? I'm I'm dealing on this scale of like $75 or $150 though. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, I guess it just becomes like, at what point does the money become like life changing is kind of my price. Okay. But so like for life changing money, I just, I personally like, you know, your integrity is like a real thing and there's no way you can live down humiliating yourself. Like, you know, what's the poem about cheating the man in the glass or whatever? I I totally believe that shit. It's like, no, no amount of money will make you forget that you're like a sack of garbage who has a price and it'll ruin your life or that's what I feel like you think you think you can't just like cordon that shit off and forget about it it's like one time I could I could try but I'm not so good at cordoning things off it hasn't ever succeeded that much no you know? is it I mean is it for you I don't know I just I really think that like sometimes you guys like move on from shit you've done I don't know I don't know, dude. Like, life-changing money is life-changing money. I mean, so, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, some good example, but it's so bizarre. It's like, this this rich this rich old dude wants you to sing I'm a little teapot in front of mm-hmm. his friends while gargling his balls in your mouth. Right? <laughs> That's what he wants. Right? Dude, what's your, I'm gonna, what's your I'm, price? I'm, I'm going to be, like, fucking real with you. Like no, don't do it to me, no, dude. Like, I would probably do that for like, like ten k. <laughs> <laughs> like it wouldn't take a lot, dude. <laughs> Why do you know somebody it's in the market? Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> like not a lot, but like I could, I could, I could go on a trip. <laughs> Well, 
would you do with the ten thousand? I don't know, man. Put it in savings. Get some therapy. Yeah. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I can't believe you. Man. That doesn't sound as bad to me as like lying to an old oh, lady. Okay, though, sure. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. I need some like moral choice. Like stealing from an old lady, which is like what this one's about, is like. That's that's pretty bad. What, yeah, what if you had to like do something mean to your like to your mom? You I don't know. know. See, that's one where it. I'm like, I don't know if there's any amount of money. Oh my god, dude, have I ever read you some of those like hypo hypotheticals? They're like these insane moral quandaries that. Oh dude, yeah, I so love them. Funny, that one about like breaking your friend's arm. I don't remember it. What, is what ridiculous. Is it? How does it go? Oh my god, it's so good. Okay, so it's like you know that unless you break your friend's arm they're going to die and like you you have to like do it like what seems like maliciously and you can never tell them or they will die and i think and i think the question is like would you let them die or like what lie would you tell them about the reason you broke their arm yeah i'm just talking about i mean and maybe you could gargle some balls without sacrificing personal integrity but ultimately that's what i'm talking about you know is self-respect uh, maybe not though, because if we're if I'm bringing your mom into it, that's like it's a totally different issue too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's like pretty pretty heavy for me. I don't think I could do anything to my mom, man. I definitely wouldn't gargle her balls for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Taking it to some like place where it makes people uncomfortable about talking about it is like really the place you have to go to get the real answers, though. I don't know if that's true though. Because it's just like, oh, you know, what no. if, you know, for this amount of money, you have to stop talking to your mom for the rest of her life. And you have to, and, you, and she never, and she oh never gets God. to know why. Or she has to think it's because you just don't want to see her anymore. Right? There's like no amount of money that would make me do that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like $50 million wouldn't make that worth it to me. No, I would never do it. Yeah. I wish I had had that question handy when I had these arguments before, because I always take it to some sort of weird prostitution place. Because usually <laughs> the conversation starts in an area about, it's about prostitution. But, you know, well, like prostituting yourself, right? Like, what does that really mean? Participating in the oldest profession. I mean, lots of people do it. Like, people prostitute themselves for, like, barely any money. But are you asking, like, what is, what is the, like, like, the symbolic meaning of prostituting oneself? Yeah, like, why is it morally repugnant to some or most people? Bes- I mean, is it just puritanical, like, sex is sacred kind of shit? Or is there something about, like, there's some aspect of yourself that you're not supposed to just give away? I don't know. I think that, like, that's, like, asking, like, a very, like, chicken and egg question about, like, the nature of sexuality. What do you mean? Or uh, or, or about, about a piece of the nature of sexuality. That, like, do you do you think that people's attitudes about sex being something sacred are hardwired into like the human mind or are taught to you oh god i have no idea probably taught and and i'm not i i remain unconvinced about either of those things um yeah i don't i don't know i i have my doubts about both on both sides i can like see some of it you know like there's kind of like maybe this is kind of related to something you talked about earlier but it's kind of like some like I'm air quoting here, but like moral values, like, like of independently evolved. And so maybe they have something to do with like the way the human mind works. Not that it's like the human mind is anything special or like spiritual, but just that like, no, I got you. You know what I mean? Like th- th- there's something like hardwired into people to like, 
not do certain things like no i i there but must then, be there has to be given yeah. like given all the similarities of totally far-flung cultures you know that there's like many many institutions of like marriage i i just don't know i i i'm not sure how malleable it is though i think I, i've mentioned this before but like cultures that are in like extremely harsh environments have like different familial relations to one another mm-hmm. so like in places where like the resources are super scarce there's like a different ratio of like men to women in terms of like familial stuff like, yeah and aren't those where there's like hella abundance yeah those are the ones where there's like actually like matriarchs right like areas where it's super hostile yeah. because it's just like women are so fragile yeah, exactly. they become worship like gods yeah yeah like you need like you, you need like five men to sustain a human child and so like yeah like there's like five like she gets to have like five husbands because that's like what you need to like continue the family yeah as opposed to like when like life is hella easy and they're just like I'm just like dropping my seed everywhere and then like walking away and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have another question for you. We're not even I don't know just a comment, like slash question. I really liked in this story when they're like he's already made the shitty choice and the existence of Norton is so great because he's just this silent judgment character who reminds us that, like, things are bad and there's someone observing that there's evil things going on, but there's just no commentary. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, Andrews has already made the shitty decision. Norton's already going along with it. And they're, like, descending towards the planet and it's fucking ugly and hideous. And you can, like, see the woman's excitement, like, drain off of her face or whatever. And she's like, it's all wrong. No, it's, it's not the Earth I wanted. And she's, like, super upset. And it's just, like, clearly doing, like, psychic damage, like, irreparably to her. (laughs) Um, And it's great because it's just reminding me of, like, sometimes when you justify a bad decision, you justify it with this mental image of, like, what what is damage you're going to do. Yeah. And then you end up being totally wrong or, like, an unintended sort of damage happens, which makes it, like, so much worse, you know? So, oh yeah. So I think it's like Earth doesn't exist. Here's an old lady who doesn't know her, her asshole from her ear hole. Like we're gonna drive her around a planet and lie to her, and she's gonna like not. And she'll be and fine. She'll, and she won't know the difference. And, sh- and she'll be happy. Yeah. And it's like we'll do a moral thing that's bad, but it, like we just didn't anticipate. Like she's really putting the screws to that when she just starts weeping and shit. Oh, uh, oh yeah. And she's like, what? She's like, all she gonna say is like, why? Uh, I don't want it this way. Okay. Here's the thing about this story, which is like. The second time through this one, it's like, you know that it's Earth. So it's like they're doing this psychic damage to her or whatever, but like, ultimately they're not lying. Does that make a difference? I'm not sure. Do do you know what I'm saying though? It's like, yeah, like they, they go into it with like the worst of intentions, but they ultimately give her exactly what she asked for. Yeah. There's no, there's no world in which they could have done a better job. I mean, there is. Like, they could have taken her to, like, a blue planet Ooh, that was not Earth. That's, now, that's a really good question. Would it have been better <laughs> if they had taken her to a fake fucking Earth that was more compelling than that? Yeah. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> nah, take her to the real Earth. Take her to the real Earth? Like, the truth is, the truth is better? The truth is paramount, man. You know how I feel about truth. Yeah, I... I think that's kind of, like, an interesting thing about this, the show, too, is, like... The fake Earth would be, presume I don't know, like better, maybe. Yeah, I mean the fake Earth would be blue, and she could see the continental U.S. from orbit and point out where her grandparents lived, and then she would die peacefully in the armchair watching the Earth rotate, and uh, you know, 
there's no reason why we shouldn't want that for her and yet i don't i but i was like did she, i mean she wants earth i guess but like why the the myth the myth legend never exists the thing is kind of an interesting just like commentary on like how lost the past is to us yeah and how like we think we know so much about it when like really like what do we actually know about it it reminds me of that like men in black speech where he's like you know whatever you know the one i'm talking about Fifty thousand years ago everybody knew 1500 years ago everybody knew the earth was the center of the universe 500 years ago everybody knew the earth was flat and 15 minutes ago you knew that people were alone on this planet Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. That is a good speech. And like Will Smith is in that like ridiculous, like '90s costume. Yeah, he's he's wearing like an orange jumpsuit or something. <laughs> His that movie's great. It's a great film. I haven't seen it in a long time. I kind of want to rewatch it now. This is actually the the quote actually goes to kind of an interesting place. The catch is you will sever every human contact. Nobody will ever know you exist anywhere. Ever. And so, like, he has to pay, and it's not a monetary price, but he has to pay, like, an enormous price, similar to the one you mentioned with my mom. Mm hmm. To, like, be in the Men in Black. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's worth it if you're strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's worth it. Yeah, I remember that part. If you're strong enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Why does he want to be a. You know what it is, though? He wants to be a man in black because he wants to know the truth, dude. Yeah, he like true. saw the guy. He, he saw the dude blink with the two sets of eyelids. He mean blink with both eyes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, I like, remember every yeah. line still. Uh, oh, that movie's awesome. That movie's super good. I don't give a fuck what people say. But he like I don't know. I just love that. It's very romantic. He like he has to know the truth even at great sacrifice. And there's not even any sort of guarantee that the truth will be, you know, uh, has, what's like, the word fulfilling. <sighs> I don't know, man. So the temptation to like, fucking take the the blue pill, is is I don't know. It's real. For me. Yeah, I just like the blue pill doesn't really save you, anyways. Yeah. That's my feeling about it. It's like you prolong. Do you think? Do you think you end up knowing the truth no matter what, or like? I don't know if you end up knowing the truth no matter what, but I think that there's like, life is is miserable no matter what you do with it, and even if you have like some some momentary distractions it's like you still have to grapple with you know the the unpleasant nature of existence the transitory life kind of thing and it's just like i'd rather at least like be working on knowing the truth i'd, ra I'd rather be working on grappling with the truth and maybe fail to like make peace with it than to just like never try yeah you know yeah i i used to be so much more like an acolyte of the fucking truth and like i have so many doubts about it these days what the truth is a fabrication are you we're just well no not not that the truth is but, but that, like, that the truth is like something that i even care about anymore Hap, ha happiness and the truth are like not the same thing and like as i get older i'm like value i'm valuing happiness more and more when i was like a young guy i was just like the truth over everything fuck you yeah but now i'm so much more like it's it's a much it's, it's much grayer to me now Ugh. how do we always end up here man well, it's like stories like this. Yeah. This is shit so heavy. Yeah, this one's super dark. I know. I just loved it though. It was, it, it, it was like, I just love how flat how flat this one is. Uh, yeah, this this story would be so much better if it just ended with, um, 
the ruined face, salt, ash, and debris, the broken line of crumbling hills, and the silence, the eternal silence, nothing but the wind and lapping of the thick stagnant water and the dark birds overhead. Like, you could just end the story right there. Where's that part? Is that before he finds the... Th- oh, yeah, right there. That he, yeah, then he, then he finds the coin, like, immediately after that. You could just do the whole thing without that stupid part, and it'd be so much better. Yeah, and it's like right before that, I love this stuff with Norton, because he doesn't, like, react to Norton. It's kind of like Norton's got to do Norton, man. Like Nor- So, like, yeah. Norton is so disgusted by this that he eventually wants to quit, and he's just like, I don't want the shares, you know? Um, let me see. Oh, yeah. By the way, Norton said, his voice cold and distant behind Andrews. This is the last trip I'll be making with you. While I was in the ship, I filed a formal request for new papers. Oh. That's all the dude says. Oh. <laughs> Thought I'd let you know. Oh. And my share of the kilo positives. You can keep it. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's so great. I just think, like, dude, you're an idiot. I'm like, just, just, you already did the bad thing. Just fucking take the money. But that's the thing, though, is, like, the guilt outruns... Uh, the, of, like, having it? Not even just having it, but the guilt of what you've done. Like, you can't spend your way away from the guilt. And so maybe even having yeah. it... I mean, he's probably not going to succeed in not feeling guilty, but he's, like, trying. Yeah. yeah. Do you think... What do you think about the robot carrying her out to the water? Out into the water? Oh, yeah, we didn't really talk about that. I don't know. She wanted to be alone, I suppose. She stood for a time by herself on the shore, looking over the water, the wind rising... All at once, she sort of just settled down. She sank down into a heap, into the salt ash. Norton replies, then, or I'm sorry, Andrews replies, then what? While I was pulling myself together, the robot leaped out and ran to her. It picked her up, it stood for a second, and then it started for the water. I leaped out of the launch yelling, it stepped into the water and disappeared, sank down into the mud and filth, vanished. Norton shuddered with her body. <laughs> so my, my guess was that, like, she wanted to be buried on Earth, <laughs> and like it's, and she just died, and the robot just like carried out the command when it realized that she was dead, and just like jumped into the water with her. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe she wanted to be buried at sea. Yeah, she's yeah, like, I want to, I want to go die on like the origin of the human race. You know, some romantic idea. Yeah, and that is the thing. I don't know if we talked about it or not, but she, they do say that like. She's, like, one of the oldest on sustenance. And I think she's getting, like, cut off from this fucking Sorcerer Stone Elixir of Life shit. Oh. You think that it's, like, they're just no longer willing to spend on her anymore? Yeah. But it says, like, she is 350 years old, and they have ceased giving her sustenance, sustenation, susten, sustentation, sustentation treatments. Oh. Some sustentation treatment has been, like, keeping this old bag alive. Yeah. And... And, like, they've stopped doing it for some reason. Uh, yeah. I mean, it could be that, like, maybe they're, they're, there's, like, a legal limit. It's like, we can't keep you alive past 350. Other people want to live to 350. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but they're living in the infinite blackness of space. Like, death panels, man. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. What's wrong? What, why, why does space make a difference? I guess just because, like, it's not, like, I, I wonder, like, what is the, ne- like, what is the limitation on resources? Are there limited space re- resources in, like, the infinite blackness of space? Not, not in Star Trek, but, you know, in this universe, maybe. Yeah. I, I guess, sort of, we, I don't know anything about that, but whatever, whatever is keeping her alive, for some reason, either she opted out or they're stopping her from doing it anymore. I like the idea. Um, I would believe, with the way this is written, it, it would be both. 
I like the idea that they're cutting her off. That's great. Oh yeah, it's super dark. <laughs> I she's very different in this story than in the in the the show because like and this one make it kind of reminds me of Raymond Carver a little bit is none of the characters in this story are good um or like are mm-hmm. are pleasant they're all just like so muted and gray and drab and like she's like a legit scary old lady she's like in the in the story she's like staring straight ahead and kind of like frowning and muttering but it's like not really all there and there's even a part where like he tries to tell her that there's no earth and she like glares at him and then the dude's like get her out of here she'll put a hex on us like she like looks like an old witch you know um did that was that line sticks out to me it's like does he believe that shit like what kind of superstitions exist in this story i don't know maybe he does haven't you ever seen, like, a scary old lady and you just don't want to be around her? <laughs> it's like every old lady I've ever seen, man. Isn't your grandma one? Ugh, no, she's just, she's like a mean old lady. Ah. Like, she's like an old Asian dragon lady, you know? Yeah. More, she's not, she's not scary in a spiritual way. Like, she's not like a gypsy old lady. She's like, she's more like, you know, like in Shaolin Soccer, or maybe it was kung fu hustle whatever that lady that like beats people with the slipper oh yeah 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 like more like that like she's with it and she's mean and she's scary but she's not like she she does she's not tapped into the truth at all in fact she's kind of the opposite like she's extremely materialistic mm-hmm. i'm just having some i'm having some thoughts um about like about old people yeah that like old people like there's such a thing as scary old people and like I'm trying to think like what's scary about them, and it's like that they they make us face up to like our future in a very like real way as opposed to like a romantic way. Yeah. That they add like the all of the level of detail about getting old that you don't want to like really think about, you know. Um, and I think that's really it's it's related to what we were talking about with like illusion and how much illusion is is acceptable and also like that they go to this planet that she had this vision that it was going to be like a certain way and it's not it's like smelly and dank and gross and all the things that she wants to see are pretty much gone but she still like continues through it anyway she like still makes them take her out onto the smelly ocean and she still goes through with her whole like standing out on this like cliff face or whatever it's just like that you build things up in your imagination and they're never quite like what you want them to be. I mean, this one's weird because it's like exactly what she wants, but it's not how she imagines it. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough part. Yeah. This is That's like such a real thing for me. It's like, this is, a lot of times I think I like go see stuff and it's like ultimately like not the thing I imagine it to be when yep. I'm like up close with it. Yeah. Particularly like seeing things seeing what kind of thing oh like big sights the eiffel tower shit like yeah that. yeah yeah exactly i'm like oh i saw it and i felt nothing now what <laughs> yeah exactly that's how i feel about like weddings and things like and that's why i think weddings are such sad affairs because everyone builds them up to be this like life-affirming moment and then you get there and you know your stomach hurts because you ate that thing you shouldn't have eaten and then you know whatever it is like you, everything gets descended down to the to the world of, to, of real shit and it sucks <laughs> I think in the show, it's kind of, like, being said that, like, the things suck because we spend all day looking at, like, 
fake things. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. It's like you always like read about these men who like are no longer interested in sex because they just look at porn all day. Yeah. The reality of stuff is like no longer interesting. And the show, yeah, the show takes it to this place about like entertainment. Yeah. Like that, like the, that portrait of the audience at, is like the most, maybe like, it's just like the, the thing that they insert into the story more than anything. It's like that these people aren't just like transporters, but they're like tour guides and they give fake tours. Yeah, and there's, like, the way that they set up the ship and that it's all centered around this little viewing area and they have these speakers so that the guy can, like, narrate. It's almost like the planetarium. Yeah, he's like, what you're looking... And, like, they're playing, like, music. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also real. It's like, maybe that, like, that's, like, a piece of, like, why shit's disappointing. It's like, my life doesn't have a soundtrack to make me, like, feel extra shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you just never feel the things you're supposed to feel. Yeah, that... Or you want to feel. It makes me really uncomfortable to think about, like, like life mirroring art, you know, and that, like, we think of ourselves, we're supposed to be these protagonists in these stories, and, like, most of our points of reference for, like, life experiences are, like, movies or novels. <laughs> oh, God, dude. And, like, you and I are the fucking worst about that shit. Oh, like totally. That. Absolutely. <laughs> we, just li- we just live to consume narrative stuff. Oh. It's the, it's the only, like, reference point of my entire existence. It's, like... I think, like, this podcast is, like, largely based on, like, us being able to, like, do that proficiently. It's like, remember this movie? Like, bleh. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's <laughs> fun to talk about the movies when they're isolated, but when you realize that you're, you're, all of your, your decisions and how you interpret big events in your life, real events, are being informed by this, like, Hollywood garbage, it's pretty awful. It's, 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 not, it's not the brightest moment of my life. I remember being, like, in, like, the second grade. And, like, realizing that, like, everyone kind of views themselves as a star of a movie. And just, like, having, like, the dark thought of, like, we're all just fucking extras, man. Yeah. Like, that's, like, an, that's, like, kind of, like, an interesting thing about, like, old shit is, like, old stories used to be, like, about really important people. It wasn't, maybe, maybe they always were, like, about, like, less important people. But, like, I feel like that's such a modern thing to, like, make your protagonist, like, some schlub who works at the airport. Yeah, like, not, like, a prince or something. It's, it's not like fucking Odysseus or some shit, you know? It's like the yeah. greatest of the Greeks. Like, now it's like, we're going to watch some rom-com about some shithead meeting some other shithead who's way too hot for him. Yeah, was, I think the, the self-insertion aspect of storytelling is kind of like a new thing. Yeah, like, at what point did, like, stories move from, like, being about, like, great men and women to, like, random bros? You know, I, I look at the the Switch as a different point in time. It's it's For me, it's like... At, at, at some point, people's primary experience of, of things that they aren't physically present for, other stories, is like, what, it used to be stories they heard from other people who lived through events. Like, your, most of your experiences for things that you don't actually get to see, like, you hear, you hear from someone who was there. Someone tell, but like, at some point it switched over to like, most of the narratives I hear are completely fabricated. I hear much more fiction than reality in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, yeah, at, what, at what point did the ratio switch? Yeah, because like at one point, I was like, most of the stuff I was hearing, I was like, I'm just talking about real events. And then most of my day, not even talking, but just like my day is spent doing real labors with real things. And, uh, you know, I was gra- you'd be grounded in reality. And now it's like, yeah, 90% of the, my, the stuff that goes into my brain is made up stories. Do you have anything else to Yeah, do you have anything else to say about this one? 
No, I mean, it's, it's a hard one to talk about, but, uh, you know, again, really appreciated it. Yeah, I really, I really like, this is one of the ones that I, like, liked more than any others, just, like, I'm like, oh, this is, like, a good fucking story. Though, like, in some ways, I feel like sometimes some of, like, the ones that I've, like, liked reading the most, we had the least to say about. What was the one with, like, the fucking cat lady? Strange Memories of Death? Yeah. I was thinking about that, but, like, I actually didn't like Strange Memories of Death. I didn't, there was nothing, I couldn't figure out what he was trying to say with it, and I was frustrated. Whereas this one, like, yeah, I know, I felt like I knew exactly what he was trying to say. I just can't put words to it. Yeah. Um, I guess just, like, sometimes, though, it's, like, I like the ones that are kind of shitty, because I feel like we get to, like, rage about it. Mm-hmm. Or the episodes where we, like, rage about how bad they are. All right, man. Well, I can't even. Should we? Cool. Well, we're um, to do our do things. Do our things. Mine wasn't Plutarch. Um, it might have been Circe, uh, reading Circe by Madeline oh, yeah, Miller. Yeah. Was that reading my thing? Circe. I think so. Well, let's pretend that it was. Uh, I'm most of the yes, way through okay. it now. Um, what do you think of it? It's great. It's, it's like it's a little less highbrow than I expected. Um, oh yeah, totally. Because it, you know, it's a page turner. Yeah, and it's like it's about you know some ancient Greek myth and stuff. So I assumed it was going to be like, you know, serious, serious novel. Uh, but it reads more like a, it's like an Odyssey fan fiction. That's what it reads like. No, totally. But in a good way. I, you know, I'm enjoying it. It's a, uh, what's it called? It's a huge book. I think it was a New York Times bestseller or number one. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. It's, she's really walking a tightrope with trying to find a way to, like right from the perspective of a god about immortal god things like while also making the story human and relatable about romance and i don't know all this other kind of like the, like on like a language like a purely language level the way that she talks about things yeah like she has to she has to kind of sound like uh lofty and whatever to sound like it's a god who's narrating it but also she can't be stiff with that or else it'll become like really boring and stilted so how far into it are you what has happened? Um, she just got back from um, giving from the Minotaur birthing. Oh yeah, that's like the best part to me. That part's fucked up. When it fucking eats her fingers inside the womb. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that thing's yeah. The Min- the Minotaur is so much more scary to me now. That that part was pretty fucking scary. That that part was like legitimately pretty frightening to me. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Anyways, what was your thing? Uh, Mission Impossible. Oh yeah, so what would you think? Dude, it was fucking great. Holy shit. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah? It was fucking... Oh yeah, it's like... I mean, they don't even like try to write a story that is like, let's just fucking have Tom Cruise do insane things. Um, and yeah, he did insane shit. The movie's fucking crazy. Like, And they like make like a point of showing that like Tom Cruise is the white Jackie Chan and like he's really doing these things. Oh, so like, it's, it's their like, answer to... Um, what's it called? Keanu Reeves movie, uh, John Wick. Yeah, it's their answer to John Wick. Oh uh, no! Well, there, there isn't there isn't like that stuff because like Keanu Reeves is never like putting his life in danger, which is like the main point of these ones. It's not like oh. he's like wide angle fighting guys. He's like wide angle, like climbing a helicopter, and then like flying it himself, kind of shit. So it's like the big stunts as opposed to like just the combat. Yeah, it's it's the set pieces because Mission Impossible is like. They don't even, like, make a story. They're just, like, we just, like, come up with some set pieces and figure out how to make a movie out of it. Just mash them together. Yeah, ex- that's exactly what the fucking thing is. And so, like, there's one where, like, Tom Cruise... Apparently he spent, like, half a year learning how to do, like, fucking helicopter aerial shit. 
And so he flies a helicopter by himself and fucking, it's insane. Oh my god. And then there's one, yeah, it's fucking tight. And then there's one where he's like riding a motorcycle with no helmet against traffic. And it's fucking crazy. It would be awesome if they could just start referring to him as Tom Cruise in these movies. <laughs> I know. You know? So why just give up the ghost on this whole story thing? No, I know. It's like, look at this crazy thing we made Tom Cruise do. And that, so that was one of them. And then I feel like there's another big stunt in the movie. Oh, dude, he, like, he like jumped across this gap and, like, broke his leg. And, like, they had to, like, stop shooting for six months. And then they, like, used the shot where he broke his fucking leg, which was tight. Um, oh, really? But That's yeah, cool. Was, I'm going to see that shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking good. I can send you... I'll put... There's a really good slow-mo link of it on the Graham Norton show. I'll, we'll put it in the show links. But, like, they fucking, like, show it from three different angles, and you can see Tom Cruise's leg just, like, fucking snap. Oh! It's brutal. Was it, what, was it femur, shin bone? Uh, it's the femur. Oh, it's the or, worst. Shin bone, okay. shin bone, shin bone, shin bone, shin bone, shin bone, shin bone. Um, <laughs> shin bone, his, shin his bone, leg shin just, bone, like, shin fucking... It, it's, like... It, it's, it's just, like, his foot is bending the wrong direction because his leg is, like, broken. Jesus. And, um yeah so that was cool uh there's a there's a oh the other one is like there is a really good fight scene in the movie um it's like henry cavill and tom cruise which is funny because like henry cavill's like a fucking giant and tom cruise is a little man yeah and they fight this like super badass asian guy together which is pretty cool oh fun so yeah i I fucking fully endorse the movie just because like i i wouldn't say like watch it on like anything smaller than like a 60 inch tv but in the theater it was fucking sick so i was pretty i was pretty hyped off it just for like complete mindless popcorn eating movie yeah i'm not gonna watch it but i'm glad that you That's enjoyed fine. it i had a really good time it was it was uh i enjoyed it more than i enjoyed the mummy so <laughs> do you have a thing for next week huh ma'am um so i played through this game called subnautica great game my friend who also enjoyed the game has recommended another game which is called okay um Oh, Factoria. It's top-down and, like, a little more, like, detail-oriented, but it's just, like, it's, like, efficiency porn. Similar story. Okay. You crash land somewhere. You have to, like, build the... Collect the resources to, like, make a new rocket to escape the planet. So you make all, like, these automated fucking, like, power plants, and there's lots of efficiency bullshit. I want to see the Equalizer 2. They're making a sequel to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's already out in the States. I think it comes out here next week. I think it comes out tomorrow here, maybe, on the 8th. Samuel L. Jackson again? Uh, it was never Samuel L. Jackson. It was Denzel Washington. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this was, the Equalizer's the one where, like, Denzel Washington is, like, a badass former super spy and, like, kills a bunch of Russians. And um, I miss this somehow. <laughs> which is, like... Dude, okay, can I quickly say about, like, I'm... Okay, yeah, it's, like, bad that, like, Putin's fucking up our shit and whatever, but I'm so happy that, like, Russia is the de facto enemy of the United States again because like it was such a bummer when they were like fighting Middle Eastern dudes all the time who just like hated us because of like God and freedom and shit. Yeah, it's so much more fun to like deal with greedy ass Russians. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like suddenly all of this like Cold War era like fiction is uh, is is applicable again. <laughs> what a what a brilliant time! What a great time to be alive in an era <laughs> when Russians are the bad guys again. Like just in time. For fucking uh, Creed 2, where he has to fight even Drago's son. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's great. All right. Ready to sign off? Uh, yeah, let's cut it. Cool. Later. See ya.